lined out to right field. Santander moves back, moves back. He has got it. And it is over. The Orioles are back in the win column. And Orioles winners over the Angels tonight by a final score of 10 to 6. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the footballiest time of the year. Hi, hello, sports fans. Welcome. You made it. You made it through the football is desert baseball, hockey, basketball, most of them in the rear view mirror. Football is here. College football awaiting your eyeballs, your heart, your gut. As soon as this weekend, pro football right on the horizon, too. Let's get into all of it with Eddie Spaghetti, as always, and our main man. His heart belongs to Boston. His voice belongs to you. Kevin Hench, what's the poop, fella? Uh, I got to say, this Mac Jones era cannot start fast enough for me. I am I am so irrationally exuberant at this point. Um, you know, you, you can't – I mean, I, look, practices against the Giants, preseason games against the terrible Eagles, you, you, can, you can't learn that much, but you could learn if a guy sucked, right? You could learn a guy sucks if he can't move the ball – against the Eagles' second defense, right? So I guess that's a fair way to assess it. Yeah. So, so far, Mac Jones just checking all the boxes, making all the throws, and, uh, you know. Uh, I, maybe I, that's maybe you've just landed on it because, as I said ad nauseum, August is a lie for your eyes, and it's a Civil War reenactment. But rather, maybe the comparison is to figure skating. The only thing, the only way you can... Uh, if you fall down, that's the only red flag there is. You can't really celebrate the the good stuff, but you can learn stuff from a fall, and that's basically what you're getting at. If Mac Jones can't move it against the third stringers, then he has no place in our league, right? Absolutely, and I'm glad you mentioned the Civil War because this is the only podcast that will do a deep dive on Chancellorsville and Gettysburg and Cold Harbor and I just did a long Civil War. I, I just, Heather had never watched the Ken Burns doc. So I was like, oh, it, it's a disgrace as American spaghetti. You got to watch the Ken Burns Civil War doc. Um, so I just watched that again. And then I just read the Killer Angels in less time than the Battle of Gettysburg took. I read mm. the, that's how fast I read the book. But what I've come to I just, can I tell you, I just gave, as serendipity would have it, I just passed that book along to Jean-Claude Van Damaschek. Do you think it's too advanced for a 12-year-old? I mean, he won't get it all, but I think it's important, you know. I mean, I think the agony of Longstreet, you know, this fucking guy knows that Robert E. Lee is about to send their army to their death and pick its charge, and he's faced with this choice of either – uh, sending the men to their death or resigning his commission in the Army of Northern Virginia and quitting on his team. Uh, so I don't think I think, yeah, you know, a bright kid will get something from it. But what I realized, because, you know, I always like to bring it back to football. Hmm. What I realized is all of these battles, all of these reputations are built 
not on the strategic expertise of Ulysses S. Grant or Robert E. Lee or General Longstreet, but on the other guy making a fucking horrible mistake. That all these, every one of these bloody battles is won because the other guy at Fredericksburg, the other guy at Cold Harbor, the other guy at Gettysburg runs all his men into a fortified defended position. And as I kind of contemplated this, it's like, oh, all these guys are going to die. Why? Because all those guys are behind a stone wall with artillery and you're running naked through a field that's a mile wide. Good luck. But what I realized is part, and I've always thought this, part of Bill Belichick's genius is just don't be the guy that runs a slant at the one yard line, right? Don't be the guy when the Falcons could run three times, kick a field goal and win the Super Bowl. Don't be the guy who drops back to pass and and, uh, takes a sack and a hold. Just don't make the colossal mistake. Don't have your kicker against the Carolina Panthers. Don't have John Casey kick the kickoff out of bounds. Uh, you know, don't have Donovan McNabb run the eight minute drill at the end of a game when you have to score twice. Like so much of Belichick's genius is they didn't fuck up. They the other guys fucked up. And so then when you look at the big losses, it's like Tom Coughlin didn't fuck up. That's you basically. Can I jump in and say something to you? Of course. I don't know if you and I have had this conversation before, but you are. A hundred percent correct. First of all, Belichick, a military expert, probably not a coincidence there that that's maybe what informed his coaching style. But Willie McGinn is one of the high end stars, obviously, of uh, the Patriots 21st century dynasty said basically exactly what you just said. Everything is based around what his approach to things is and his message to his team is always the do your job. Now, is it exciting? Is it vaguely soulless? Let's let the other guy screw up. Yeah, but it worked and it's hard to argue with. And um, McGinnis has said, has told, has told me that he, that not just high end quarterbacks, but it's especially the you know, celebrated QBs who have the biggest egos, obviously, and so too do their offensive coordinators. And those guys cannot resist. And I'm talking about Peyton Manning and Ben Roethlisberger and otherwise. They can't resist the temptation to try and squeeze one ball in there that they shouldn't. And that's the one that they turn over. And that's the difference. It's not a fluke that the Patriots win, have won so many Super Bowls and big time playoff games, but they don't blow anybody out. They're all one-score games in either direction. And to your point, without Coughlin slash Mario Manningham and Eli making that one play, a spectacular, impossible-to-stop play, there's nothing you could do to scheme against that. It required Eli throwing the ball of a lifetime and Manningham and, and for another matter, David Tyree and the other Super Bowl against the Giants making the catch of a lifetime and Wes Welker dropping a ball that he would have caught you know, 49 out of 50 times. That's what keeps Tom Brady's legacy and the Patriots legacy from being even more devastating for the other 31 teams in pro football. So I think you've, I think you nailed it there, Hedge. Well, it's funny as we get, as we get prepared for Tom Brady's seventh defense of a Super Bowl title, I was doing my sports trivia online quizzes I like to do. And there've been 12 quarterbacks. As grownups do. As yes. grownups do with children seeking their attention. Give it a rest. I've got a quiz. Um, 
<laughs> Are, do we win like a half a million dollars if you get it right, no. Daddy? But it's not no, costing anything. Not. It's free online. <laughs> I got to name the 12 quarterbacks that have started three or more Super Bowls. So it's like, I mean, obviously, yeah, Shaq, you would run this easily. You would just go through the Have years. spaghetti do it. Have it's, spaghetti do it. Let's turn the tables. Eddie Spaghetti right, always spaghetti, throws ready? trivia try? questions at us. Let, let him do it, and then okay, we will get look, to our best don't bets. Don't look. Don't look. 12 quarterbacks have started three or more Super Bowls. Go. 12 quarterbacks started three or more Super Bowls. Uh, well, Brady's the one. That's easy. Montana's won four, right? So that he's another one. Uh, Peyton, one, two, lost one. So he's up there. Big Ben, one, two, lost one. So he's there. Uh, okay, let's go. Who else has won multiple? Uh, Jim Kelly, right? Because the, the Bills were in a bunch. Nice, uh, nice. nice very You're getting nice. out of your era, at least. That's uh, good. Yeah. Uh, trying to think back in the older times. Older times. What was the It was uh, three or three, two or more Super Bowls, you said? Three. Don't edit this. Look at him vamping for time. Three Super Bowls. Three Spaghetti, Super Bowl. don't edit out a second of this. This is great um, podcast. I know, I know, Our I know. fans uh, listening to you think. I want to get I love it. Uh, let's okay. go. Let's go. I'm, well, maybe the guy who won four when Shaq and I were little. No, nothing. Uh, come on, Eddie. Sorry. I'm blanking out. You're Why embarrassing me. I'm getting nervous. I don't okay. like this. This is bad for I'm, me I'm, that you can't I'm, get this one. I'm is Brett sorry. Favre? Brett Favre's in two, right? Or is he in okay. three? All right. Wow, the pressure on the pressure when you. On I think with the wrong is, guess, is we have to just call the buzzer, give him the. Eh. That's fine. That's fine. That's okay. fine. So, Shaq, there's seven left. Do you want to just help the guy Elway. out? Elway. Oh my God, Fran Tarkenton, yes. Bob Greasy, Roger yeah. Staubach, Staubach, Terry Bradshaw. Oh my God, the Steelers! How do I but yeah, that's right. That's that's, that's pretty outrageous. So you Can forget I say, that but, one. But it, it literally is. Your brain loses any of that info; it's gone. The minute you're on the spot, it's like a black. It's like just you just see black, and there's nothing. There's like no rational thought comes to your brain. I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry to the listeners of my story. Oh, I mean, really, Terry Bradshaw is the real, the only real disgrace. I mean, you don't have to get Fran Tarkenton, 0-3, and, and even Greasy, right? Did he say Aikman or Montana? I said Montana. He said I was Montana. Say Aikman was still hanging out there. I should have said um, But anyway, this is a long way of saying when you're looking at the graphic, right? Now, there's a, you know, there, there's a picture of each of these guys, which I hide because obviously I don't need their fucking picture. I'm not spaghetti. I'm going to get this without seeing Fran Tarkenton's picture. But um, when you see the graphic after you've run the table and, and number one is Tom Brady, he started 10 Super Bowls. And number, two, and number two is John Elway. He started five Super Bowls. It's insane. We don't talk about the greatest living American. I, I listen. Sal brought it up on extra points again. And he said, what are we supposed to do? I don't know what the answer is because I guess there's no pushback at this point. How much can you keep the ball in the air about like Tom Brady is the goat and that's that like who's pushing back at this point? No, no, no. I mean, there, there's just not much of an argument to be had, a conversation to be had. Like, yeah, he is the greatest. And yet here we go into year 40 into his 44th year on the big blue marble about to try and repeat here. Let's talk about all of it. Oh, um, and bet along with us. This, as fan, this state of the art hosting. Now we're fan duel, 
FanDuel.com. Tom Brady, and now our picks. Slash minus three. That's how you got to bet it or shame the devil. What are we doing here if you're not betting along with us? You can fade us, too. I don't give a good goddamn about that. But you got to bet through FanDuel.com. Slash minus three. And as always, follow along all the fun. At minus three pod. All right, Hench, take it away. You seem ready to roll here. You got a lot of feedback in both directions on your Yankees Red Sox rant, Dan Hanzoos from around the NFL joined us. He's a Yanks fan. He found it amusing, sort of crazy, and ultimately enjoyable. He said that this issues in a new chapter for the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry, that now you're a more credible foe. So I think in a way he was kind of trying to backdoor tip his cap to you that you used to just be a punchline and now you have to be because any likes that the Yanks still cause you angst. So anyway, that was his response. That's a good, uh, that, that's a good word. I've got yanked. Yeah, you got you know. those tr- deadline. That's what those deadline acquisitions gave me. I've got a bad case of yanked. Yeah, that's right. Well, and muzzle tough to the Orioles, too, by the way, who, yeah. uh, again, the aforementioned Sal mentioned it on extra points this week and he's right who gets the orioles the most i mean they're red hot now at the time of this recording they're uh they're pounding the the poor halos the orioles rebuild who's laughing now they're on Mm -hmm. fire Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one and a half in a row as of this taping but the but the rays the idea that the yankees are again spoiler alert everybody i know yankees fans have to talk themselves into like maybe can we do it the impossible dream spoiler alert you're gonna catch the rays the Rays only play the Orioles, I think, three more times down the stretch, and the Rays still have six games against your Red Sox. They finish the season in, with a three-game set against the Yanks. I believe that's in the Bronx. I, like I say, the Yankees Look, are going to do it. Let's stop talking about that. They, Let's talk football. We have to pick, pick what you want. If the Red Sox had their priorities straight, they'd lay down for the Rays. That's the move. Mm. Make these motherfucking Explain. Y- Explain. Yankees. Well, make these Yankees play in that one game. That one game playoff. That's the move. Um, mm-hmm. Unless it's Chris Sale. Ah, I, I can't talk myself into it. Okay. So I've been, you've been asking for weeks. Well, who is? Who's their week one? I mean, who's their uh, their one game, uh, one playoff game starter for the well, Red Sox? Well, Chris Sale versus Garrett be Cole it. is what everybody wants. Not, mm-hmm. not Spaghetti. Spaghetti doesn't want the Yankees playing in that game. But that would be amazing. One game, Chris Sale. 103 pitches to get through four and two thirds. Be awesome. I would have a delightful time. The um, game would be 17 and a half hours as most Red yeah. Sox Yankees games are. Okay. Take it away. Hit us okay. with your best bets so, for this. So week. You have been, um, you know, I, I've been such a coward low these many weeks when you've been asking me Patriots nine and a half over under nine and a half. And for weeks I've been going, ah, that number just feels exactly right to me. I can't, I can't go one way or another. I, I think they're going to go nine and a half and seven and a half in a 17 game season. I'm like, I'm so torn, but this Mac Jones. So, you know, Belichick has got to go with the guy like Belichick has built his whole career on what his eyes tell him. He's like the 199th pick is better than the number one overall pick. I can see it every day at practice. It's it. It's time. Uh, it got here faster than we thought. Because these guys come more prepared, right? They play in pro offenses. It's not like when we were growing up, Sheck, and it was like a rookie quarterback, he's going to complete 38% of his passes. These guys are picking apart defenses. And and so it's the Mac Jones era started, and I'm getting off the fence, and I'm going Patriots over nine and a half. 
uh, minus 120. And, uh, and of course, I was thinking that extra game, that extra game makes you want to go over. But isn't that extra game also going to get canceled? I mean, invariably. I mean, isn't this what we're up against? They made now? it through. I know. I hear you. I, legitimately, I think there are going to be some some more. I thought we were past it, but clearly, Cole Beasley and people have uh, other plans in mind. And I do think there are going to be players who miss game. I mean, it's hard to really. I don't think that's overly cynical at this point with the the season st- starting in a week and a half to say that there are going to be players who miss games and it's going to suck. And so it's really hard to do all of this stuff, except individual player futures. It's a savvy move because of that to bet the under bet, bet them across the board, the under, I think it's a smart play. And, and I got to think, you know, I, I go back to it. I'm sure it's a painful memory for you, but that fucking Wednesday night game against the Ravens, they made the Steelers play. Bud Dupree got hurt at the end. Like it was just, it was, it was like, we're going to play. We're going to play. And now it seems like they're more like, uh, fuck it. That that's a loss. We're not going to, you're not going to play team with team with 23 positives. Enjoy your L. We're not going to move the whole schedule around to accommodate you. That feels like the vibe a little bit more. Um, so, so <laughs> that gives me pause, uh, a little bit with my over on the Patriots. Um, but I'm so excited for the Mac Jones era. I mean, what if it's 20 more years? Ooh, 20 more years of going to the <laughs> AFC Championship game every year and the Super Bowl half the years. Here we go. All right. Now, my second pick. What uh, What is, okay, if you're this excited about the Mac Jones era beginning, and I don't know, I, I, I am inclined to probably agree with you, although the reports out of training camp on this day, less, uh, less rosy than they were just 24 hours ago. But either way, um, what, 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 I mean, Hall of Fame, where, where are we going with Mac Jones? Is he, does he win multiple divisions as the starting quarterback oh, of the Patriots? He's going to win three Super Bowls. You got to put him in the Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. come on. Yeah, if he does that, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, when you got Jacoby Myers out there, when you got receivers like Kendall Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, okay. Maybe I'm a little too. Maybe I'm a little overly excited. All right, the running game's going. The, the the loss of Sony Michelle doesn't concern you, eh? Hey, listen. I know uh, Sony Michelle oddly, like weirdly reviled in Boston. I don't know why. I don't get that one. All, I don't get it at did, all. All he did was run for 336 yards in three playoff games his rookie year, score six touchdowns, get 19 first downs, and it's like, isn't that you never have to buy a drink again in Boston status? No, no, no. It's fuck that guy status. So last year he ran 5.7 yards a carry. That said, when you watched the the Patriots trample the Eagles, you're like, he's going to get cut. He's going to get cut. So I think Belichick getting two draft picks out of it, it's pretty savvy. I guess that's fine. But Sony Michelle, yeah, I'm with you because, you know, I've seen Boston fans saying, see, should have taken Lamar Jackson instead of Sony Michelle. Now, the Nick Chubb argument is more powerful than they should have taken Lamar Jackson because things really get sideways where the Patriots are concerned. If Belichick takes Lamar Jackson and he's there as Brady's backup, I don't know what happens over the last few years if it goes down that way. But this is... Uh, he is the number one example, and I know it's not terribly inspired to say Sony Michelle is why it's okay to take a running back in the first round, but his rookie season, the latter half, is why it makes perfect sense. What you don't do is sign him to a second contract. 
that is he is the justification. He is the personification of why if you're a contender, it's fine to use one of your first round picks on a running back. But yes, I don't get why Boston is so down on him. But it's because maybe probably because Boston sports fans are weirdos. That no argument. Um, I mean, that's so, a fair conclusion. And I'm ha- yeah. I actually I bet it's funny. I bet the Rams uh, to win it all pre Cam Akers. Then I was like, oh, damn it. That was stupid. But like, I am, I'm happy for my Rams pick um, with the with the Sony Michelle pickup. Everybody wins. OK, my second pick. Now, again, I, I always look at the games and until the football starts, we're a little hamstrung with choices and I try to keep it in the Northeast. But then I realize, oh, last week I gave out Manchester City to score over three and a half goals against Norwich, which they did um, plus one thirty five. Uh and I know we're going to try and get Eddie, an English Premier League team, to follow at some point. Um, but uh, I looked I looked through the schedule, and there's a crazy bet. Arsenal is playing at Man City, and a draw is plus 530. That is a huge number for a sport where nil-nil and 1-1 are probably the most common scores in 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 the sport so i i would sprinkle a little on arsenal to draw at man city plus 530 and then my third pick okay i don't like short starting pitchers and i don't like starting pitchers that throw 89 fucking miles an hour so i have no idea how the yankees are six and one in nestor cortez's seven starts because every fucking thing is going right for the Yankees. It's insane. This guy, it's like, wow, that's a nasty changeup. Oh, no, that was his fastball. That was his fastball. Like, really? They can't barrel this fucking guy, this short little fat guy who throws 89 miles an hour, and he's just mowing guys down. Well, um, esta termina el... El Sabato, this ends on Saturday, okay? This fucking crazy run. I didn't know what you were doing there. Ends on Saturday. You were having a stroke. All right, good. <laughs> uh, uh, Frankie Montez, seven shutout innings last time out against, against the Giants. This Nestor Cortez thing. I mean, we haven't seen a run of dominance from a Cortez like this since Hernando Cortez overran the Aztec Empire. True, true fact. True fact. So this, I knew this, it was going to be a good one. This fucking Nestor Cortez <laughs> with his little pea shooter of a fastball, it all ends on Saturday. The A's, and here's really the secret reason why the A's will beat Nestor Cortez and the Yankees on Saturday, because that would be bad for the Red Sox. That's why that's going to happen. That's it's all it's all conspiring uh, uh, against us. So those are my three picks. Pat's look at a, look at your illogic all folding it. You don't like short pitchers. You didn't like Flash Gordon, and you didn't like Pedro Martinez, and you didn't like Oil Can Boyd. What are you talking about? Those have been three of your best pitchers since you've been alive for the Red Sox. All right. I mean, I get it that Pedro and Ron Guidry are the exception that prove the rule. But, you know, I like a, a tall drink of water out there. Like, I like a guy with the big legs, you know, a, a, a sweet guy like Rocket Roger Clemens. Real, real nice fella. That, those, are my, those are my guys. Well, uh, I, I, but, well I could see, you know what way. it is? 
You know what it is? It's that you didn't like. It's not that you have anything inherently against the smaller guys. It's that if you're a Red Sox fan of a certain age, memories of Bob Stanley make it so that you can't possibly like a big heavy set guy who looks like a a, a, a seventh grade English teacher. Hey, how was that guy? How was that guy in the major leagues when you look at him? It's the craziest thing, Bob Stanley. But anyway. Do you ahead. think like it's funny because like you know, Michael Lewis, Billy Bean, Moneyball, they're like saying, like, do not trust your eyes. All your eyes can do is deceive you. Do not, you know, we're not selling blue jeans. Only look at the statistics. But I bet that when the Dodgers parted with Pedro Martinez, right, there was there was a short guy prejudice. Like, right, there was like, he's never going to be a starting pitcher for the long haul with that build. And uh, it, I think it, that's exactly what happened to Doug Flutie. What's the explanation for that? They go Fran Tar. It's that's what's crazy about the like 25 years in between Fran Tarkenton and the next relevant short guy in the NFL playing QB was, I just think there was this buy. Well, you can't do that. that. That won't work in the NFL. It's the same thing as I used to say growing up, I feel so validated decades after I first started saying this, but in like 83, I said, why doesn't somebody draft Jamel Holloway? and try the option in the NFL. And they said, oh, you little boy, you don't understand. That would never work. The guys are too fast at the next level. And now here we are watching Lamar Jackson run past everybody. If you get the right guy doing it, it can work. So, yeah, I, I bet you you're right that there was uh, that there is uh, anti-short uh, bias that plagues many sports. Which I, Any spaghetti. Which oh. I am invoking this weekend only versus <laughs> Nestor. Nestor Cortez. Excellent. All right. Uh, Eddie Spaghetti, take it away. I can take it away. I do have a really great Pedro Martinez story. You guys brought him up, but I, I did meet him in person in Miami. I could I could eat like uh, a dinner off the top of his head. He is remarkably short, but he has alien sized hands. If that So that's probably what made up for him. And he also threw 100 miles an hour. So um, but I will start with my first pick here. I'm going to make a quick, easy one. Yankees, Hench has talked about them. I'm going to take the Friday game, half because Garrett Cole is pitching versus the uh, Oakland Athletics, but also because Sean Manaya is pitching for the A's and the Yankees. Some of the bats uh, have done pretty well off him. Uh, Joey Gallo is two home runs off him. Judge is a home run, also batting 333. DJ LeMayu batting 400. Gary Sanchez batting 500 versus him. So I like the Yankees' bats in this one. I also expect Cole to shut down the, the A's for the most part. So the Yankees will be given a run and a half, so I like the Angus to win by, by more than that margin, so I like that one. My next two picks are going to go with some futures bets for NFL, but I'm giving to them this weekend because I think those numbers will change based on some news, and um, I'm going to start with the, the, the positive one here, and for best record in the NFL, and we kind of talked about this off-air a bit, and you guys talk about Tom Brady, why are we even like questioning who the best team in the NFL is? Like, I, you could argue Patrick Mahomes, but I think the Chiefs still have some holes in their roster. You can go up and down this Buccaneers lineup, and it's just it's as good as it gets. Every even on defense, every starter on defense is an All Star. It's a Pro Bowl defense. They their running game. They added Gio Bernard as their third running back. Let's just say even Leonard Fournette has some issues with COVID. I know he's anti-vax. Like having the stable running backs with uh, with Rojo and Gio Bernard, and if Leonard Fournette's healthy and and playing. I mean, if Brady is mediocre, there's still enough talent around him to to be good. Also, the the the, the NFC South, Sean Payton's going to screw up Jameis Winston. You know he's going to get Taysom Hill too many snaps, and that's going to be awful. The Panthers are a project. I like them. I think we all kind of like them, but they may be a year away. I don't think they're really going to contend for the division. The Falcons, with no Julio, I could see Calvin Ridley getting the best 
defender on the defense, maybe double coverage, and they're going to rely on pits a lot. There's no running game to be found on that team whatsoever, and their defense isn't that great. So it's it's really a one-horse race for that division. They're going to smoke everyone in the NFC South. I think right now you can get them at plus 600 for the best record. The Chiefs are plus 450, so I like the Bucs' best record. And the, the reason why I'm saying this now is because we just heard about Bruce Arians's his like COVID protocols. He's basically going back to the the 2020 rules of no uh, visitors, no family, no friends in the team uh, hotel and the Buccaneers players cannot leave. They're going to be focused. And we talked about Antonio Brown a few weeks back that he was dealing with a a knee issue all year, had surgeries cleaned up. Arian said he looks like he did four years ago. That's a huge help. I love this team. And I think Brady's going to win it again. Like I'll make my pick now. I can't find a team that's better than the Bucs roster and they're going to have the best record. The, the chiefs as well, AFC West chargers, Great team. They may be challenging the division. Don't forget the Raiders beat them in a shootout last year. I do like the Las Vegas Raiders. Denver Broncos, maybe not, but their pass rush is good. If they get to Mahomes and the, you know, the Chiefs O-line isn't the best in the NFL, they may get lucky. I just think that when you're comparing the divisions, it's a way easier path for the Bucs. So I like them for the best, best record in the NFL. Now, reversely, I'm going to go negative for the worst record in the NFL. Right now, the Texans are plus 200. The Detroit Lions are plus 400. But my pick to make a little bit extra money on that is the New York Jets. They're uh, they're ten to one plus thousand. I think with the you know Vinnie Curry, obviously it was a weird story with his complications from his surgery, the blood disorder. So he's not going to be playing this year. So you lose him on defense. You're losing Carl Lawson for the season. You're losing Jared Davis for a large chunk of the season with his ankle injury. So your defense is now, which was going to be okay, is now looking pretty pretty crappy. Uh, on offense, it's going to be they're going to just put Zach Wilson out there. They're going to just you know throw him to the wolves, see what he could do. I know Mackay Becton's in the concussion protocol. That's a huge issue because you need him healthy on the offensive line. Don't really love their offensive weapons. And when you look at the division, you know we're, I think we're all pretty good fans of the Dolphins this year. The Bills should be the cream of the crop. Mac Jones now is looking like he's going to be a, a Pro Bowler as well. And I've always bought into him. So I think those all teams famer. are three those, those exactly those teams are clearly better than the Jets. <laughs> Both of you getting a little excited about and, Mac. Well, I, I mean, if you, I, I just trust Alabama. I like players, the Patriots. Right? I, I'm with you about the Patriots, and I like them to hit double digit wins. And I'm not going to be stunned at this point if they end up winning that division. I, and I, I don't think uh, – I just – I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets don't win a single game in the division. I could argue the Texans could steal a game or two from the Jaguars. I could argue the Detroit Lions could steal a game or two from the Vikings and the Bears, especially if the Bears are going to mess around with Andy Dalton as quarterback and not going to start Justin Fields. Even if they start Fields, I guess if Fields having some growing pains. Uh, and with the Vikings, with their issues, with Mike Zimmer, you know, yelling at the team for not enough of them getting vaccinated. If Kirk Cousins misses a game, that could be some issues there. Jared Goff's not Matt Stafford, but there's some things to like on the Detroit Lions team. You know, a new coach in there. DeAndre Swift had some flashes of, you know, greatness last year. I, if you forget, Goff did go to a Super Bowl. I think he could get the job done. And uh, I think I'll have a chip on his shoulder. I can see them winning a couple more games than the Jets. The Texans is a harder one to argue with, but... You know, Terod Taylor is a guy, he's a vet in the league. Mark Ingram's over there now at running back, and he's he's a vet with him and David Johnson. should be able to, you know, have a decent ground game. Brandon Cooks, I mean, there may be more to like on their offense than the Jets right now, especially with the Jets' injuries to the offensive line. So all in all, I think, you know, 
it, it's sad to say this. The Jets had two wins last year. And I'm not saying I like the Jets' future. I'm not saying they're going to be a two-win team. But just because of their division struggles and their injuries on defense, I can see the Jets having the worst record. They could win maybe three, four games and have the worst record. And I could see the Lions and the Texans having a, like one more win uh, more than the Jets. So right now you can get that Jets price. They are at plus uh, plus 1,000, like I said, worst record in the NFL. I don't think that's crazy, Based on who's in their division and hench, like I said, to Dan Hanzus, uh, who calls uh, Zach Wilson the boy now. This is uh, they're very excited up there um, about his future. I think he's too pretty. He's not ruggedly handsome. The guys it's Tom Brady is ruggedly good looking. I don't know if Zach Wilson might be too pretty to be a um, Super Bowl champion. How say you? I, I well, I just want to say I like Spaghetti's picks. Hmm. The only thing I the only thing I would quibble with was what um, the Bucks are calling their COVID bubble. They're calling it Arians Nation, which I just think is a no, is a yeah, poor. Not- it's a terrible. Why you know? Why call it that? I mean, Antonio why did that Brown, airline name itself Delta? You know, that's a bad. Look that's awful. Too. That's Same awful. Thing, you know? um, Brady is not ruggedly handsome. Yes, he's, he is. Oh, come on! You think on. he's pretty? He's pretty. He's, he's got beautiful. a cleft chin, friend. He's well, that's, that defies what you. Uh, how many women have cleft chins that you uh, that you call beautiful? He's not pretty. He's, uh, he's, uh, he looks like a man. There's a seven year old one that lives in my house that uh, I call beautiful. That has a. Oh. Has, I have a cleft. It's uncomfortable. And she has hers is three times deeper than mine. So it's like we're twins. Only your cleft is much deeper, uh, and you're still beautiful. Um, I I like I like where Spaghetti's head is um, based on the context of who you're playing. Obviously, I don't I don't pour over strength of schedule based on what happened last year to try and figure out who's going to be good this year. I think people get way too tied up with that crap. You don't have any idea. I'm not even talking about COVID. Guys get hurt. Things get sideways for teams. All of a sudden, a matchup in November that looked like, oh, we have to go there and play that team. By the time you're going out there, you're catching uh, double-digit points because their QB's hurt, and you're supposed to steamroll them. So I don't get consumed with that. But I hear your noise, Spaghetti, that um, the Jets do have a tougher path, and as far as that goes, so too do the Bengals. And if you're not 100% that Joe Burrow is 100% definitely going to be the real deal savior there in Cincinnati, you might be able to make a case against the Bengals as having the worst record. But well done overall. I'm going college football, and I'm going to start us – because it's Saturday, fellas. It's here. College football is here now. We're not waiting for football anymore. It's a matter of minutes away. The Eli and I are playing host to the Cornhuskers. A lot of people are looking that they're saying – Frost can't catch a break. He's always a, a single-digit loser when the when the Huskers lose, and he has to make a statement coming out of the gate. And their talent is is better than what the Eli and I have. The problem is the Eli and I have a new coach in place. They have guys returning back there at key positions at home. I'm going to take the Eli and I plus seven and a half. Who do we think the Huskers are coming into town? Uh, they ain't world beaters. So lay this seven and a half or, uh, or or take those points, I should say. UCLA do lay the 17 and a half um, for the home team there. Chip Kelly has not won a season opening game. That changes here and now against Hawaii. Um, I think that Chip Kelly and company have – a, a a team that might actually contend in a mediocre Pac-12 this season, um, and I think they get off uh, on the right foot here. 
the 17 and a half is not enough for the Rainbow Warriors. Bet that one. And then lastly, I'm going to stay with preseason football. And I, I don't have much faith in this one. I, I don't know how much money I'd actually lay on this one. But Giants plus three against the Patriots. I just wanted to bring it up as an opportunity for you two to hash out whatever problems you have. Danny Dimes is playing, and he's getting points. And Belichick, talk about a military strategist, surely understands that this is not this has no impact on anything what happens on Saturday. And I think he wants his guy, Joe Judge, to maybe feel good about himself and everything. I could see this being one where Belichick doesn't try to teach uh, the student a lesson here, and he lets Joe Judge's gang have their way uh, one last time before the real thing gets going. How say you, Hedge, on that one? Would you? I, I mean, preseason football is a yeah, tough one. Yeah, obviously, I wouldn't bet on preseason football, but I do think the Patriots' depth at running back, like it. The way they mauled the Eagles and just kept gashing them eight, 14, nine, like we're not going to pass the ball. We're, we're the last 12 minutes of this game, we're not passing the ball and just gashing them over and over again. So you can, you can kind of call off the dogs, but if your running game is so dominant that even calling off the dogs is averaging eight and a half yards of play, uh, I, I just think, I don't know, I just think that. That Patriots ground and pound game looks awesome. I hear you. And there was a day not that long ago where they defied all convention, the Patriots did with Tom Brady. And I think they threw the ball over the course of one postseason twice. Or, I mean, they ran the ball, I should say, twice the entire postseason. I think Belichick, it, based on that, that's the mystery. That, that, that's the, uh, uh, for everybody who's preparing for Belichick teams is what's he going to do? What's the wizard going to come up with? He tells you and he shows you over and over again, what they're going to do. And yet I know they chameleon it week to week. And so you're not, a, but it's pretty clear based on free agency and otherwise what they intend to do this season in the throw it all over the place. NFL, he's going to just grind you. I think that's what the, the goal is. That's interesting. And by the way, back to the other thing that the, the, uh, aforementioned Brady, I think Gio Bernard at this stage is a throwaway kind of a guy, but keep in mind what Brady, what he really, where he thrives is in part is with those little checkdowns, whether it's James White or Shane Vereen or otherwise. That's a that's a really nice piece to drop in as your third down back if you're the Bucks, because that's exactly what they need. They need to be a little bit scarier on offense than they already were. I'm with you about the pay. The, the difference is I think I like the South, the NFC South teams, a little bit more than I like the NFC North teams. That's why I have Rodgers and company getting the number one seed in the NFC. Hey, if you haven't noticed yet, I'm very excited about the return of football, college and pro. And one of the things I love about betting on football is finding new player or game props. And that's what FanDuel does better than anybody else. FanDuel Sportsbook lets you combine those props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout same game parlays is what they're called you place future bets on college football and or nfl games or full seasons and uh and uh you can jump in as soon as this weekend like we say college football is here eddie spaghetti let's look ahead though shall we and uh, encourage the minus three better to join us on uh, the parlay i know this isn't same game but let's uh, parlay week one action here shall we for the nfl it's right about it's just about here 
and uh, I, I suggest this parlay. Your Giants catching a point and a half at home from the Denver Broncos with Teddy B. Tease that one up to seven and a half. The Giants are now a home dog plus seven and a half. Then you take the Pittsburgh Steelers plus seven at the Bills. Take that up to plus 13. The Steelers just don't lose by two touchdowns very often. Go ahead and uh, prove me wrong with all your examples um, to shame me with that one. Or go to FanDuel.com slash minus three and join us in this powerhouse bet. How say you, Spaghetti? I'm with you on that. You know, I'm a fan of the Steelers this year. I think they're going to be better than a lot of people think. A double-digit win team by far, and I do like the Giants to win the NFC East Week 1 matchup. I know I said an extra points a few days back. was really hoping that Drew Locke would start. It's Teddy B. He won't make mistakes, but I will say there's no real spark in that Denver offense. I think the Giants' defense is going to be great, and as long as the Giants' weapons get back and healthy and they can play Week 1, I like the Giants to win that game too, so I like those bets. Excellent, and uh, I think the only thing left to say then is, again— Bet with us or fade us if you choose. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Hench, I know you wanted to, to, to get in on this. And I we have to get to the offensive meter um, anyway. So let's jump in on it now. Um, where do you come down on uh, how offended? Well, let, we'll, we'll, we'll get to, um, to uh, the fighting Irish because I know Spaghetti's chomping at the bit here on this one. Fighting Irish deemed offensive by a poll. How offended are you, Kevin Hench, by this? Uh, when you say deemed offensive by a poll, are you just cleaning up Polish person? What I mean by that's right. That's an right. individual poll, yes. an individual right. poll. We've been we've been the punchline of Europe for too long. So they should change it. Take to it to Ireland, why don't you? Right. Change it to fighting Polish. Um, <laughs> Of course, I'm not offended at all. I, I like what? I don't know. Please stop. When is it going to end? What does it end? Um, zero. I don't know. Zero. Fighting Irish. Like fighting, you know, is is fight. I mean, fighting. Is that a bad thing? Is that is that a, a negative stereotype? That's the that's the thing that's bad about it. Is it says fighting in it, spaghetti. You're a you're an yeah. Irish guy. Yes. So. The uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish supporter. Uh, yeah, I'm the so a few years back, the North Dakota they were called the Fighting Sioux, and uh, Boston University, my school, played them in hockey. And I remember the old logo on the sweater, and I remember the old name. And they actually had to change it to just the Sioux, and they had to change the logo because the logo it re- it resembled what the Blackhawks wear on their sweaters, and they had to change that because that was deemed offensive. Um, so I have a feeling they're going to eventually drop. Uh, fighting our, our buddy Ken Brown, me and him were talking about this, and he thinks it's, it's going to happen. It's the fighting part because it was a slur towards the team like a hundred years ago that they were like, "Oh, the Fighting Irish," and they, they just they adopted that as their nickname. Uh, so I think what it, it insinuates is that too much wood are, alcohol. They're just yeah. A, a is that what it's about? Drunks, I, I guess is I, I, it's what I think it is. I mean, the article, the post article, like the they asked two people, a fifty six year old guy, and he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. It's just a, it's a mythical creature mascot with a name. Like who cares? And they asked a twenty five year old girl, and she was like, any mascot or anything making fun of a particular. Uh, culture or ethnicity should probably be changed. It's just like, I can't eye roll hard enough at that. I, I get we have to change a lot of names. I get there's a lot of things wrong in history, but I don't think rewriting everything in history makes sense. I don't think this name particularly offends anyone. And to change a, hist- a historic school like that, to me, is absurd. They should uh, that- change it. They should change it to the fleeing Irish. 
Be like, all right. We're the fleeing Irish. I mean, we I, don't stand and fight. We run. How's that? I almost, I, I, I mean, I was, I, you know, I absolutely understood that Washington Redskins was offensive, but I feel like since the the name has been taken away, now it really hits my ear. Like, how did that last for so many decades? It is just on face an offensive thing, but I don't get. Um, and I'm, you know, uh, I'm open to what the argument back is, but why is Seminoles offensive? I don't understand that. Or a lie and I may, maybe fighting a lie and I could be, but like, I, there are some that when people often throw out like, oh, you'd be offended though. If it were the Pittsburgh Jews, you would hate that. Like, yeah, I get that. Yeah, that, that there would be something about that, but Irish is bad, or it's just fighting because it indicates that right. they were drunk and all of that. Right. Okay. It'll, all right. They'll, well, eventually, then, they'll eventually become the that, Irish. I, mean, I don't think in the context of football, like fighting is a. Of course smart. not. Right. Of course not. <laughs> like, and I'm with you. I'm with you on the uh, on the tribes. Like I think, like if it's a tribe, it's a it's homage. Like Redskins is a slur. Indians is a slur, and Seminoles and Blackhawks and Chippewas like is not I, I i don't i mean maybe if the way you express your your chippewaness or seminalness is a caricature of, of an engine that's bad but i i guess but you know what i'm also i'm i'm also happy to not give a shit like i you know it's not not gonna lose a second of sleep you know i mean you could see how people were like oh the fucking guardians man this is the end of society i'm like you don't like baseball. You've never thought about it for a second. You're a bummed out racist. <laughs> like you can see like you can see like, oh, you're really troubled that that Cleveland baseball team you've never given a second of thought to has changed their name. Who fucking cares? I, I, I am sincerely surprised that New Orleans, the the center, the the place where jazz came from, one of the great uh, uniquely American art forms came from that for real, that people in New Orleans don't say Hey, Utah, enough with the jazz business. All right, you can't be the jazz. You're, you're, you're a bunch of Mormons. We're taking that away from you. Come on, have some dignity. For real, I'm surprised people don't do that one. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But the other one I wanted to talk about offensive to go back to the Packers, because I don't think you fully got in on this. But because I don't think we've really talked about Aaron Rodgers, who I like. I like his, I like the way he presents, generally speaking, over the course of his decade and a half in the spotlight versus the type A kind of guys we're all do, uh, playing for each other and yelling at teammates and all that. I like his subtle sense of humor. He's got a sly way about him. He cuts a different figure than his peer group seems to. But I feel like, and I think he's, you know, one of the, you know, three or four best in the Super Bowl era at his position. All that said, I, I don't think he's caught nearly enough crap for his comments at the podium a couple weeks ago. How say you? Well, you know, I agree. Didn't we talk about it? We Did we go over it? I'm sorry. I wanted to make he sure you got a bite of the apple. He said, he said, I'm happy to go over it again because I like you. I like him because he's he's smart. He's different. He's clever, you know, and he obviously very impressed by himself. He knows exactly how smart and clever he is. And I think maybe overrated his own ability to hold court in the particular session you're talking about because he said, hey, let's face it, Green Bay, not exactly a vacation destination. 
Um, you guys all live in a shit town. The only reason people come here is for me, the superstar. It's about me. It's not about your history. You're incre your incredible. And I mean, like the irony is it's the only field in football that people make a pilgrimage to. They absolutely go on vacation to see that field. You know, Curly Lambeau, Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi, like, wow, you are you are invoking something exactly wrong. That is a mecca. And so, yes, I, I mean, whatever our, whatever we're saying, how offended. I mean, Green Bay fans should be 10 out of 10 on the offensive meter. I don't get that's Fuck what you. I'm saying. I don't Fuck get you. it. And and by the way, there is a point where you go, uh, look, I don't know. You know, I don't know if you're going to be Brady and play into your mid 40s or if we're getting near the end. But you know what? Whether it costs us one good year or two good years or, you know, we don't have to see you gack in the NFC championship game next year and we can just get on with the Jordan Love era. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. That that should be the Green Bay attitude. The, 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 the outrage, the protests, the signs in the parking lot should all be go fuck yourself. We don't want you to play for us anymore. And I agree. Instead, because we become so cowed as fans, it's like give him a pass, do whatever it takes to keep him here, keep the baby happy, give the baby his bottle. And again, the other huge part of that press conference was the personnel decisions Every one of them has been borne out as the correct decision. You know, the way they showed Jordy Nelson the door. Oh, really? How many Super Bowls did Jordy Nelson win after his one mediocre season? That that was that was just a tick below insulting the city that you've played in and has cheered for you and spent untold amounts of money buying a 12 green jersey and all of that. Then all of that. Then like to, to tick through, I don't, I didn't appreciate this guy being uh, kicked to the curb and the way that was handled and everything else. You, you make, you, you sound like a drunk fan. None of those guys would have been a difference. What are you talking about? That You're making a case that you should not be involved in personnel decisions based on the, the nonsense you're talking right now. Yeah, I thought that was, I'm with you completely. And I can't decide because fans can't decide because I guess we're not a monolith ultimately, but um Fans get very upset about, like, this guy, this millionaire dares to complain about something. Take the money you're getting paid and be happy with it and stop, stop complaining. But social media makes it so that everybody thinks that they're getting to be friends with these guys. There's The, the owners are untouchable, especially for the Packers because nobody knows who they are. But, like, Gutenkunst, you're not reaching. But you feel like, hey, I can tweet Aaron Rodgers and, you know, he'll see it. And he's my friend now. I think people are worried about offending their their superheroes that they watch on TV. I think they're just worried about missing the playoffs. Like, I think they're just like, it's mm -hmm. funny because I, I, I just occurred to me this kind of semi-analogous thing, you know, and obviously Aaron Rodgers is a much better player than Kyrie Irving. But I definitely, you know, as a Celtic fan, I got to a point where I was like, get fucking lost. I don't care. You know, I don't really I mean, like obviously I'll root against you in Brooklyn, but I just I just can't have the constant shitty attitude. By the way, maybe you don't feel like playing. I, you know, just like you're you're always critical. You're shitty. You're you're toxic. And so, I mean, Kyrie Irving's always been a little bit that guy. What made this Aaron Rodgers presentation nuts is I never got that sense that that's who he was. I mean, he was arrogant, 
but not to the point of doing, doing what Trump, right. Donald Trump right. on the eve of the election went to Erie, Pennsylvania and said, I can't believe I have to fucking come here and talk to you, you losers. That, I, you know, I would never be here if I didn't need you to vote for me. Your town sucks. <laughs> wow. Retail it's, politics. Wow. It's, I know it's weird. And but then I guess you look back at the QB who preceded him and I still can't make sense, even with all this time to make sense of it, that Vikings fans were have so little dignity that they would cheer for Brett Favre. I can't imagine doing that. And people say, well, that's because you're from you're a Steelers fan. And so you don't know what it's like to suffer. And also if Ray Lewis wanted to come to the Steelers and he was the difference in you making a Super Bowl, you would take him every day of the week. And my answer to that is like hell I would. I would not want I I I'm not so desperate that I would that I would trade all dignity to cheer for Brett Favre, who's tortured me for the last decade and a half. And for that matter, if I forced my way out of town and then I signed with the division rival as a Packers, I wouldn't cheer for Brett Favre either. Hey, guess who's back, everybody? It's Brett Favre. Boo! The Viking? That guy who gave us hell for a couple of years because of his ego? Boo! But couldn't you look at it this way? Like Imagine Ray Lewis making the division winning tackle against the Ravens on the goal line. Like part of what you want is pain for the Ravens. So the way the Vikings fans can get their mind around rooting for Brett Favre is, oh, my God, this is going to destroy them. This is going to destroy our bitter rivals. There's no soul in it, Hench. Don't you see? All right. All right, here's the, here's the next question for you. Right. And then uh, I can't believe, I it really, every week, every single time since Kevin Hench made the scene on the Minus 3 podcast, Eddie Spaghetti, I look at the clock and I cannot believe how fast the time has gone. Oh. And I feel like we have so many things we still have to talk about, but I don't want to hold up the listener any longer. I don't want to hold uh, Spaghetti and Hench up any longer. Well, I'm the, the only one who can just sit here all day and talk about nonsense. But the, the covenant is that there's something enjoyable about what we're saying. Not like, I, I don't mean to hold you up, listener. I'm, I don't mean to ruin your day. Like, hopefully, there's a fucking scope. I know, but, they're, 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 you know, there's a, you know, you know what they say. Uh, they can always turn more. it off. We can keep flapping our gums. They can they, they get to work or they get wherever they're driving. They don't sit in the car and listen to us. Listen to so spaghetti. Listen to spaghetti. Think about Super Bowl quarterbacks. Listen uh, to weird It's going to haul me forever. <laughs> You failed, Spaghetti. Terry I know. Bradshaw. I know. Terry Bradshaw. You don't get the guy who got four. You know. I mean, that's you like get I clearly like know all of the quarterbacks. I, I clearly but know the entire you list. Gotta go. You got to start you're, Bart Starr, who didn't, and then move. That's how you do it. Yeah, 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 go, go start. Up. Right. Start at one, and or or I don't care. Start from most recent if that's how your brain works. But you're just trying to cherry pick like who was in twenty six. Like I don't I think. Just go. Tick from one on up. It you sounds easy, but when you're on the spot, my TV went to like when your TV channel was like scrambled with the black and white. That's what my brain went to. The minute you asked me to put on the spot, I just was I was I was out of my game. I I, I screwed up. I, I'll take ownership. I guess it's not an indictment of you. You're a kid, but can you name the first uh, ten Super Bowl winners? Uh, I mean, what the Packers? Who played in the first one? Was it Packers oh, no. Chiefs? 
Oh, thank Christ. Christ. Thank Jesus. I mean, there's a minimum standard here on the show, Spaghetti. If you Jets, won, the Jets won the Super third one. Jets won the That's third one, right? That's and correct. They, they beat, uh, and then yeah, after that, it gets uh, it gets tough. <laughs> I don't want to be on the spot anymore. Lenny Dawson, that was the last one for the AFL before they before the merger. That was a big win. Like it, Joe Namath winning it would have felt like a fluke, but Lenny Dawson and company make it like, oh, the AFL is for real NFL teams. No jive. And here we go. And then the Colts uh, beat. All right, that's enough. Um, so <laughs> the people last- want to hear about Otis Taylor. Right, well, guess it's, what? Damashek's here to tell him about it's it. It's very now, topical. Um, <laughs> can talk about Hake Stramp's toupee, one of the great toupees in sports history. I wanted to show you, because Sal and I were talking about these on um, extra points, and just very quickly wanted to give you a few more things, because football is nigh. Uh, popular parlays, you can find them under conference and division winners, and you can parlay a couple of teams that you think might win the division. The one that jumps out to me here is Browns win the AFC North, Rams win the NFC West. You get that at plus 650. That's juicy, ain't it? Doesn't that sound right to you? Are you are either one of you guys picking against the Rams to win the West? Well, that's my team, and it's Sony Michelle. Well, yeah, you just said it, right? So, okay, um, spaghetti. But, uh, but the Browns, I'm a little less sold on the Browns. But though, if you slide over, go to FanDuel.com and find this incredible page. Uh, right next to it, right next to it, Patriots win AFC East. Titans win AFC South plus 750. Do it. I want you to post the ticket, though. I want to I want to confirm that you're. that's how confident you are in Mac Jones okay. and company. How I really want to see – how do you post something? I don't know about posting spaghetti <laughs> and his and his his kids. They know about that. I do. I you know what? I do like that one. And I, this I know I, I don't want to go over it for the millionth time, but I just don't buy that the Bills are you know that they're on their way to the Super Bowl this year because they were good last year in a soft AFC East. It's a completely different division one year later. Even though spaghetti says what he says, and it's and it's probably correct, but. I do also think the addition by subtraction of getting Gase out of there and a guy who's going to be able to tune up that defense, they're not going to be some rollover team for everybody. I, I mean, like the idea, oh, yes, 13 wins for 13 and four for the mighty Buffalo Bills is assuming a lot, especially when you got a couple wiseacres on the team publicly saying, huh, these COVID rules, what are they going to do next? Uh, they're going to they're going to bench you for even longer. They're going to suspend you for four games. And then that's really going to be bad. Or maybe you'll follow through and just retire because you don't want to have to deal with it. Um, oh, my last God. Thing. Football history. Never be the same without a fucking mediocre slot receiver. Jesus Christ! It's like he's not Jerry Rice. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's another. Right. No, we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything to accommodate you. You're infinitely um, replaceable. Hey, we got a seventh rounder out of Delaware State is gonna run your routes. <laughs> Get fucking lost. I do love I do love people who have no leverage making threats. Like I will retire. I will walk right out the door right now. Like, oh, okay, okay. See you later, eleven. Was that your? Are you Beasley Cole or Cole Beasley? I can't keep it straight. See you, later. See you later, guy who's unowned in 87% of fantasy <laughs> leagues. We'll miss you. Uh, 
Let's see if we can get him in our fantasy league after he retires. That'd be fun. Uh, we do have kickout coming up in our uh, in our fantasy oh. football league. Kevin Hench, uh, the henchmen are back along with his co-owner Dratch. Sal is back. Ham Simmons is back. I, I mean. I'm not. I was going to say I'm conflicted about Simmons' return to the league. I'm not conflicted. I don't understand how you quit like Brett Favre and then just cut to announce like I'm just kidding. I'm back, everybody. Like what? Where? Where do you come down on this? Well, it's like every time he a boxer, quit, he quit the league. But it's every time a boxer announces his retirement, and you go, uh, your accountant is going to tell you in two and a half years you have to unretire. It's like. Every That's boxer, never going to happen to me. I don't know if you heard the news. My account not telling me that. No, every boxer <laughs> is retired between fights. That yeah, yeah you're okay, you're retired or whatever. What do we call it? So Simmons says, "I'm quitting. I'm quitting the league." But it's like you can't quit. Sheck fired you, and then because of the bylaws of our league, he's he's entitled to his slot. And, you know, you guys are going to do this dance for 20 more years. We're going to be having the same conversation. He's not going anywhere. And uh, you win the league half the time. So I guess he'll he'll have a lot of hiatuses. <laughs> and, uh, and I'll Let just, me say this. You know, like well, this is, you've already figured out my strategy, right? Like, so my strategy is obviously never win. So you don't have to vote anyone out because it's just too painful for me. And but don't be don't be the w- most hated guy of another team. So I so don't get voted out. Now obviously I've become the Jenny's most hated guy. So my goal is the Jenny's can't win, which I think you have single-handedly prevented several times in early rounds in the playoffs. But then what I do with like someone like you, you know, perennial champion, you'll you'll notice like I'm I'm very hard on you uh in January, March, May. Then as we move into summer, I start I start going like Sheck's fucking Sheck's a good guy, man. I I I, I, I like I like to come to that guy's shit. I like to like my tone shifts so that by the time we get to August, September, Sheck's like, I was gonna vote that fucking guy out, but now I fucking hate this guy. And listen, with Simmons ineligible to be voted out, people should be on their best behavior. A lot of people who don't think they're a candidate are now potentially on the chopping block. Hey, by the way, did you did you ever exact revenge for Checkmate? Um, well, no, that that was revenge for me kicking Sal out the prior year. Oh, that's okay. That's two, that, okay. That, so we're See, even. We're square on that. Okay. It's um, hard though. You don't want to like, you know, Sal's the glue, Sal's the bedrock. It's just not as fun. If he's not in it, um, you know, obviously I watch. Oh, it's also him. funny when he left. It was funny that he got angry at his own cockamamie rule. It wasn't so funny when he All was right. the one who got laid off. Now, the only thing I'll say is your analogy doesn't really hold water because Ali and Sugar Ray and all the other guys who would retire and then come back out to fight again is that they would win sometimes. Simmons wins nothing. That's a cheap shot. No, it's not. He's never. He's been in the league for twenty years now. He's never won. I'm, mean, you know, he doesn't have been, won. No, I don't think. I don't think he's won a single title. It's embarrassing already. All I right, mean, you Priest know what? Holmes, I, I, I'm terrible. But like Priest Holmes just said, you, you cannot lose with me. I was like, okay. Um, 
All right, you're going to lose me now because fortunately for anyone who is waiting for an excuse to cut the show off, it's here now. My wife just came through the door and said she needs to get in here and use this computer. So we're cutting it off here because of her. And if you wanted it more, then then you can blame her for that. Um, But all right, great stuff as always, Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti, Dynamite as ever. Um, Make sure you're betting or fading us. Either way, FanDuel.com slash minus three, the word minus, the number three. We'll be back after the college football weekend zero to get you right for NFL kickoff. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.